This morning, I'd like to pick up where we left off last week and just kind of share a a second aspect of developing your life into the kind of life that not only you want it to be, but the life that God wants your life to be. And I'd like you to turn in the Old Testament, if you would, to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 7. And I'd like to read this passage. I think it'll be up here uh, on the screen as well. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up and back, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and uh, made. There was a PBS show back in the 80s and the 90s, and it was called The Joy of Painting. This program was so popular that uh, we'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, He looks like a prophet, right? Well, there we go. This program was so popular that uh, not that long ago, the uh, cable network Twitch picked up on it and began rebroadcasting the entire series, and literally millions of people since then have tuned in to watch the program again. Bob Ross, my friend back there, was the host, and uh, he was kind of the textbook, you have to remember, this was back in the 80s and 90s, he was the textbook definition of being laid back. He had a favorite saying, though, and it goes like this. There are no mistakes in painting, just happy accidents. There are no mistakes in painting, just happy accidents. So if you just accidentally uh, kind of splatter a big blob of orange paint across the middle of your beautiful mountain scene, he would tell you, don't throw away the canvas. Just incorporate that little happy accident that you made into your painting. Work around it paint over it, just keep on creating your masterpiece. I thought about that, and in the same way as you strive to make your life into the masterpiece you would like, in other words, you want to just have the best life that you can, you're going to experience many accidents along the way. But how many of you are like me, you wouldn't call them necessarily happy accidents? Well, in this... There are times when things happen to you that you just didn't plan on happening. When a relationship goes south, or you face a health crisis, financial troubles hit, problems at work or at school. Whether it was your fault or not really doesn't matter. There are going to be splotches that appear on a canvas of your life, and you have to discover what in the world are you going to do. When this happens, what do you do? Throw away the canvas? Give up? Forget about having a good life? You know, that sounds tempting at times, and at times it looks like the only acceptable approach. But there is a better way. 
you can learn to take and incorporate these unexpected happy accidents, splotches, into the canvas of your life. It all comes down to one thing, your attitude. Your attitude. How many of you know of someone who has an attitude? How many of you have an attitude? Well, friends, having an attitude can be a good thing. Amen? A good attitude. You see, your attitude is your most powerful weapon in your arsenal to not only survive life, but to thrive in life. There are going to be times when you don't have anything else but your attitude. And if you have the right attitude, it can get you through almost any situation. And so from the book of Isaiah this morning, I'd like us to look at three promises that will help maintain your perspective when it just doesn't seem like you have any choice or you don't know where to go. When you don't know what to do, when it seems like there's absolutely nothing to do, the first thing I want you to remember is you belong to God. You belong to God. I want you to personalize that with me and just say, I belong to God. I belong to God. Look at verse 1 here. And in verse 1, Isaiah tells us four things about how God views his relationship with his people. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you or called you by name. Isaiah starts out and he says that it was God who created you. It was God who formed you. It was God who redeemed you, and now it is God who calls you personally by name. In other words, he's saying, you belong to God. Now, at the end of verse 1, just in case you didn't catch that the first time through, God speaks again through Isaiah, and he says, you are mine. You are mine. In other words, you absolutely belong to God. You know, we belong to God and he takes it very, very seriously. Don't ever make the mistake of thinking that God's commitment to you is only as strong as your commitment is to him. You may fail from time to time. And you may have a, a hard time keeping your promises. And some days your heart may be absolutely cold and your faith may be weak. But God doesn't change his mind about us like we change our minds about him. As far as he's concerned... It's a done deal. You belong to him, and that's never going to change. In fact, look at Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. It says, if we are unfaithful, and you could translate that if as when. When we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. That's just the way God is. Sometimes when we go through hard times, we're tempted to think, I'm not a good Christian. I'm not even a good person. I don't have great faith. I don't have any faith. Why should God help me right now? And at these times, you need to remember what God said here. You are mine. You belong to me. Each football season, the Texas Longhorns play the Oklahoma Sooners in the neutral city of Dallas, Texas. Thousands of fans from each team gather in the city, and they go there to watch the clash between these two arch rivals. Sometimes that clash extends beyond the playing field. In fact, one year, a scuffle broke out in the stands, and a handful of men were arrested 
taken downtown to the jail, and, and uh, they were required to pay $250 apiece for bail. Now, one fan didn't have the bail money. All he had on him was his Neiman Marcus credit card. Feeling sorry for the guy, aren't you? Well, the, when the judge heard that that's all he had, he said, well, I'm sorry, you, you can't pay with that. You're spending the entire weekend in jail. So when the man made his one phone call, do you know who he called? He called Neiman Marcus store right there in town. And, and uh, he told him his sad story. And, and he asked him, is there anything that you can do? Well, because it was kind of a strange request, it made its way up the company ladder until finally a Neiman Marcus vice president heard the story. And he said, this man is one of our customers. We're going to help him out. And so they paid his bail, and they charged it to his account. <laughs> I can't afford to shop at Neiman Marcus, but that story makes me want to shop at Neiman Marcus. <laughs> but uh, my point is, Neiman Marcus cares for their customers in amazing ways. And I'm here today to tell you that God's loyalty to you is far greater than that could be. You belong to Him. And when things get out of control, He doesn't turn His back on you. He doesn't walk away. His commitment to you is infinitely greater than your commitment to Him could ever be. So if your life is looking like less than a masterpiece at this moment, I want you to remind yourself again and again and again, as many times as you have to, that you belong to God. He created you. He redeemed you, and He's calling you by name. Remember that. Never, ever forget it. In fact, say it out loud with me right now. Just say, I belong to God. I belong to God. Oh, turn to someone and point at them and say, you belong to God too. Just do that. Here's the second principle, or the second thing you can build your life on. God will protect you every step of the way. God will protect you every step of the way. It was back in August, 1955, over a period of just a few days, 12 inches of rain was dumped on a little town called Putnam, Connecticut. Near Putnam is the Quinnebog River. And it was contained at that time by some old earth and stone dams. Well, the rain was too much for those old dams. One by one they burst, causing tons of water to just begin to flow through that little town at over 25 miles an hour. As it did, bridges and roads were destroyed, along with one-fourth of the town's businesses and homes. At one point, the water poured into a warehouse that was containing barrels of magnesium. And when water comes together with magnesium, there's a tendency for it to explode and ignite. The fire department, the townspeople, watched helplessly as barrels exploded one after another, shooting flames over 250 feet into the air. The fire bombs landed on nearby houses and businesses, and it did amazing damage. It was truly a disaster. In fact, the cost of the damage, and this was back in 1955, was over tens of millions of dollars. And the town took years to rebuild. But in spite of all the damage that was done to this tiny New England town, not one person died 
during that entire storm. Putnam, Connecticut was literally consumed by fire and consumed by flood. And yet everyone was saved. Look at verse 2. And notice what God promises us through the prophet Isaiah. When, not if, but when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they'll not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned, for the flames will not destroy you. And then I love verse 5, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Notice Isaiah doesn't promise that you're not going to go through the fire, and he doesn't say you're not going to go through the flood, but he does promise that you'll be protected in the midst of them. He's saying you're going to face circumstances beyond your control, but God will be with you every step of the way, and he's going to help you get through them. You know, some people interpret the fires and the floods of life as evidence that God has walked out on them deserted them. Don't ever believe that. For the fires and the floods are simply evidence that you are human. So let me ask you today, how many of you claim to be human? Okay, most of you anyway. The point is, every one of us has problems. Jesus said the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We all experience tragedy at one time or another in our lives. But remember this, God is not the source of your problems. God is the solution to your problems. God is not the, the source of your problems, but he is the solution to your problems. You see, he doesn't create misery. He helps you get through misery. And sometimes we space out on that. Viktor Frankl was a German psychiatrist, and he spent most of World War II in a Nazi concentration camp. Years later, he wrote a little book entitled Man's Search for Meaning. And he tells the story of how his little six-year-old daughter once asked him why he always referred to God as the good Lord. And he said to her, because he's so good to us. Remember, just a few weeks ago you had measles and it was God who got you through them. And his little daughter thought for a moment and then she said, yes, but daddy, don't forget it. It was, he was the one who gave me the measles in the first place. The deal is, friends, that's a child's perspective. And sad to say, all too often, we have that same perspective. Instead of seeing God as the one who gets us through the difficulties, we see God as the one who, who, who dumped all the troubles on us in the first place. On the other hand, if you choose to believe the promises of Scripture, if you choose to understand that God doesn't create the problems and the crisis, He's there to help you conquer the crisis, then the life's most difficult moments, you're going to see them from a brand new perspective. You know what I've discovered? The majority of the time, that splotch on the canvas of my life is the result of some bad decision that I have personally made. I came across a little sign a short time ago, and it said this. Everything happens for a reason, and sometimes the reason is you're stupid. <laughs> now, don't take that personally. I'm preaching to myself there. I'm not saying it applies to you. I'm saying it does apply to me, but 
if we're honest, a number of us would probably have to say, yeah, Larry, it applies to me at times. You see, what I have seen again and again and again is that in spite of our bad decision, God gets us through the situation. He doesn't bring on the problems we face, but He will if we will just allow Him to help you overcome each and every situation in your life. Here's what I'm saying. Instead of seeing God as the source of your problems, and instead of blaming Him for even letting the problems come into your life, look to Him for the strength that you need to overcome every challenge that comes down the pike of your life. And here's a third promise that you can build your life on. Nothing can keep you from reaching your true potential. Absolutely nothing can keep any of you from reaching your God-given potential. Do you know why God created you? Look at verse 7. Everyone, everyone who is called by my name, not some, not the super saint, not the person who's got it all together spiritually. He said, everyone who is called by my name, every Christian, whoever you may be, every believer whom I created, why did God create you? For His glory, for my glory, it says. This is your potential to glorify God, for people to look at your life and say, wow, look at what God did in His life. Look at what God did in her life. God can do something amazing even in my life. Too often, we set our sights way too low. We see our potential in terms of income, accumulation, career advancement. We work for a promotion, a little recognition, a little more money here, a little comfort. And God has so much more in store for us. His plan is that we live the kind of life that sheds a positive life, light on Jesus Christ for the world around us to see. That's what it means to glorify God. That's how you bring glory to Him. Get this one down, friends. Simply live the kind of life that shines a positive light on Jesus Christ for the world around you, your family, your friends, those at work, those at school, to see that Jesus Christ can do something amazing in your life. Dennis Bird was a, a man who had great potential from the world's perspective. He was a professional football player. A defensive end for the New York Jets. He was an up-and-coming superstar. In fact, they felt he could help turn the franchise around in those days. And then tragedy struck. It was on November 29, 1992, the Jets were playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Dennis was about to sack the quarterback when he collided with a teammate, and just like that, his spinal cord was snapped. In a split second, his football career ended. He was paralyzed from the neck down. All his hopes and dreams came to a, uh, just a, a screeching halt at that moment. Later, he wrote about waking up in the middle of the night at Lenox Hospital with a halo, breast, a halo uh, brace around his neck, not knowing where he was, not knowing why he couldn't move anything in his body, not knowing what was happening to him. And in an instant, he went from dreaming of making it to the Pro Bowl that year to just hoping that someday he could hold his daughter in his arms again. According to the doctors, he would probably never really walk again. From the world's perspective, 
Dennis was no longer able to reach his potential. But in God's eyes, this man was capable of far more than just sacking quarterbacks. In God's eyes, Dennis Bird is totally capable of giving God glory. And Dennis has done that over the years in a tremendous way. The world watched and listened as he told the media that Jesus Christ was the source of his strength during this time of tragedy. The doctors announced publicly that Dennis might never walk again, and they probably wouldn't know for sure for years. And yet Dennis announced publicly that with God's help, he was not only going to walk again, he was going to walk again soon. On opening day of the 1993 season, just less than a year after that tragic collision, millions of television watchers watched as Dennis Bird walked out into the middle of Meadowland Stadium while 75,000 people just stood in ovation. It was without a question the highlight of the entire season. That was more than 20 years ago. Today, Dennis continues to inspire people. He's able to walk, even though he does it with some difficulty. He's been able to coach on a high school level, but most of his time is spent traveling around the country sharing his testimony about what Jesus Christ has done in his life. In a recent interview, listen to what he said. Quote, as a 46-year-old man, I don't know how you could really ask for more than what I have. To be happy in all aspects of your life and still feel that it's on the upswing. I am so blessed. You see, the miracle in Dennis Bird's life is not that he broke his neck and could miraculously walk again. The miracle is that the injury that destroyed his career didn't destroy his life. God truly protected him through the flood and through the fire. And friends, a, a financial setback may prevent you from becoming rich. An illness may prevent you from doing the work that you just really desire to do. A tragedy may prevent you from reaching some of your goals, but nothing, absolutely nothing can keep you from your God-given potential of shining a positive light on Jesus Christ for the whole world to see. In other words, every one of us here can bring glory to God. I still remember, it was a Christmas program a number of years ago, though I, I love those children's Christmas programs. You never know what the kids are going to do. And uh, in this program, they not only had the kids, but in our church, we had a large group of uh, mentally challenged. There were probably 20 to 30 of them uh, in a class every Sunday. And, and they would attend the regular services, and uh, they were just so positive. But... As far as the children's program, they put them in the children's program. In fact, they were the last thing on the program. And so we got to the end of the program, and we had a lot of visitors, and they watched as this group of not children but adults, anywhere from 20-some years to 50 years of age, as they came up, and the piano started to play. And this little group that really didn't have that great a voice began to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And you know, as they began to sing, it wasn't great musically, 
but you could just see that they were shining a positive light on Jesus Christ for all the world to see. And by the time they got to the last note of that little song, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. Because you see, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what your ability, you can shine a light, a positive light on Jesus Christ for your family to see, for your friends to see. I mentioned Viktor Frankl earlier, the psychiatrist who not only spent most of World War II in a Nazi prison camp, but he lost his wife, his unborn child, and his parents. And in that little book, Man's Search for Meaning, he said, quote, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Friends, life is filled with accidents, <laughs> some happy, some not so happy. Every canvas here today is going to wind up at one time or another with more than a few splotches on it. And the question is, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to respond? And when life goes wrong, and it will for every one of us at one time or another, your first response needs to be, take hold of the one thing that you can control, your attitude. Your attitude. This is where you begin when you don't know where to begin. Take hold of your attitude. Instead of being tempted to give up, be determined to go on. So when tough times come your way, and as I said, they will at one time or another, I want you to take this attitude with you. No matter what happens, I belong to God. He will see me through so that through me the world may see His glory. I want you to read that with me at this time. No matter what happens, I belong to God. He will see me through so that through me the world may see His glory. Now, I want to encourage you to do something. How many of you have ever put something on your refrigerator door? Anyone ever do that? Well, I want you to get a magnet. And on the back of your worship folder is that little saying right there. And each day this week, before you do anything else, I want you to just read that. No matter what happens, I belong to God. He will see me through so that through me, the world will see His glory. And you know, I guarantee you, I'm willing to guarantee you, guarantee this to you, that you will have some divine appointments this coming week where you have an opportunity to demonstrate how great Jesus Christ is in your life. It'll just happen. But I also know that today there are probably some here, if this is a normal group, who have at least one problem in your life. Let, just raise your hand. How many of you have at least one problem? How many have two? <laughs> now, I saw some that didn't raise your hand, so you with two, give one. To... <laughs> but seriously, you know, the Lord 
wants to get you through. You may have to go through the fire. You may have to go through the flood. But he will get you through. Um, I wasn't going to share this, but I I will. Um, Some of you know I I play trumpet. I'm a musician. That's what I did for a living years ago. And uh, about 15 years ago, I went deaf. (laughs) That means I can't hear. With hearing aids, I can hear. But when I went deaf, I, I not only couldn't hear, I, um, I couldn't hear pitch. I'd hear the wrong notes. And, and I used to lead singing. I did a lot of music stuff. And, and so, so I, would, uh, I would start to sing at the end of a service as we go into a song. And pretty soon the sound man was, <laughs> and my wife was, stop. And uh, it was terrible. So I learned I, I never do that anymore. But, you know, it was, I thought, this isn't fair. This isn't right. But I've learned that whatever hand the Lord deals to you and allows you to have, He'll give you the strength to go on. And so, guess what? I still play the trumpet. In fact, I'm going to play next week again. And uh, I don't necessarily hear the right notes but I know in my head what it's supposed to be. And I can feel in my ear when I put an earbud again. And most people don't know that come here a deaf man play the trumpet. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. God will get you through whatever you're dealing with. And so uh, we're going to sing a little chorus as we close. And... Uh, we're just going to have an open altar time. I, I don't know. Uh, there's no pointing fingers and saying they've got a problem or whatever. Sometimes it's just good to come and kneel at the altar. I personally feel the altar is the most positive place in the church. You know what the altar means? It's simply a place where God will alter your life. That's what an altar is. And so as we sing this little chorus, He Knows My Name... If you'd like to just come and kneel and lay your problem there, or your praise, doesn't matter, feel free to do it. If you want to just stay where you are, feel free. There's no pressure whatsoever. But let's take a couple of minutes and let the Lord speak to each of us right where where we are.